I already hit record. Oh, you didn't know the rest of you is about is about to get sued for slander. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to noted drug addict and wrestling producer. Uh, Dylan, your microphone is hissing like a son of a bitch. Do, are oh, you on it's the right? Because it's uh, it doesn't like you. Can you turn it down? <laughs> no. I mean, it should be fine. The levels look fine. I'm right in the meat. All right. Well, uh, if you are if you're listening at home and you suddenly are like, why, God, what's all that hissing and sundry noises? That's Dylan God's microphone. Uh, also, clearly, he did not want to uh, change his settings, so he's acting like it's impossible. Classic passive-aggressive move from our Dylan there. Let me tell you who else was a passive-aggressive member of the partnership, and that is noted lover of pills, lover of thrills. That is the road dog, Jesse James. Uh not badass Billy Gunn. His ass was actually very reasonable. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are talking about, oh my God, the Brad Armstrong of this program just returned. Brad Armstrong himself, Dylan Gotts here. How are you, Dylan? Underrated, underappreciated, much better than you. Uh, is Road Dog Jesse James not Dylan Gott? Uh, let's talk about, uh, he is part of the Armstrong family, one of the many wrestling families that was like, they were a dynasty when wrestling was eight guys showing up to oh, an aluminum yeah. shed it's in the South. Bob Armstrong, he was really over in places where they still don't recognize that black people can go to school with white people <laughs> yeah that's right bill above armstrong uh best known for having the chest that lets everyone know i beat up my kids uh ladies and gentlemen <laughs> he's got that he weird sells gymnasiums in places where they recognize that the u.s president is hitler Please welcome Bullet Bob Armstrong. He does not know his wife's name. That's how Christian he is. <laughs> uh, you first you were no one, and now you're Mrs. Armstrong. Yeah, exactly. First of all, who unless, you know, unless you, your dad fucked you, and then you're called spoiled goods. <laughs> yeah, and then unless yeah, then you're called broken, and I return you to the store yeah, I got why you. That's 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 the only reason that's bad. Yeah, you want to know Sorry. why I'm called Bullet <laughs> Bob? That's fucked up. You want to know why I'm called Bullet Bob? I mean, we're going to learn. And it's if it's building off what I just said, I'm truly terrified. I spit at women, and the spit's like little bullets. Bullet Bob. <laughs> oh, my name is Bullet Bob, and on a bus I take a shit because other people do not matter to me. If it was the early 2000s, I'd be diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, but I'm not, so I make my kids be my army. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, the Armstrong family, which is, it goes to show you what we've been talking about on this program for quite a bit, which is, um, the only one that really made it was the worst wrestler and the guy with the worst look, but he just like, he was fun. Talk. Here's the thing. Yeah, Here's fun. the thing. When, he was fun. The other guys were just like, um, I'm going to have some jerky and then I'm going to have a wrestling match and then I'm going to have a solid bowel movement at night. That's what my dad taught me. You have a bowel movement at night. Morning's clear for activities. Yeah. And then he was like, it's the B to the G to the O to the G, and here's something I like Brad, for me. Brad, stop talking like a black gentleman. That will get you nowhere. That will get you he nowhere. Not use those words. Yeah, let me tell you. I guarantee the like Bob Armstrong, when he saw what his son was doing to make a million dollars, I assume tried to throw up in his own dick hole. He's like, i got to <laughs> hold it straight to get the vomit in my dick hole. All right, so let's talk about Brad Armstrong. Here's a fact I learned about Brad Armstrong that shocked the shit out of me. He is a uh, veteran of Desert Storm. Ladies you and gentlemen. Brian? 
Okay, what is the road dog's Jesus real fucking, fucking name? Christ, you fucking, you are stupid. Brian Gerard James is his real name, and then he is. I hate, I hate, Bar- Bar- I hate Bob Armstrong, Armstrong because Bob Armstrong is clearly has a personality disorder, and all of his sons have to be named after him in a way. But he's like, well, not directly after me because they're not as good as me. So they all have B names, and I hate them. I hate it. No, I hate how com- Brian, uh, Brad. Oh, and Brad, Scott, Scott, Scott Steve. and Steve. There's yeah, and let me. T- what happened to Scott and Steve? They were not acknowledged by their father. Like they were hated. Were they hated? I think that. Oh, and I don't, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know anything about Bob Armstrong, but I'm here for you making things up. And if whatever you want to make up, I will roll with. Here is the truth about Bob Armstrong. He seems like a very <laughs> nice father that had some tragedy befall him, and he just wanted to give his uh, children a skill. And that skill was pro wrestling and they all earned some money and he's happy about that. Here's the problem with that. That is not funny. So we are portraying Bob Armstrong as a Southern gentleman meth addict with a lot of mental illness (laughs) who forced his children to do that. It's not true, but that is what we're doing on this show. In, in actuality, Bob Armstrong, he'd be friends with a guy named David for this podcast. He's friends with a guy named David Lynch and David Lynch based the twin peaks off of how bullet Bob Armstrong treated his kids. Here's you what, know what I want to say about um, one of them disappeared. There is we should do an episode on Bullet Bob because I'm looking here, and here's how here's how much we've miscast him already. He and you, John, you are sitting down, so this is good. Officially retired from professional wrestling May 11th, 2019, which mm-hmm. means that sounds like a long time. It it is because he was in wrestling for 59 whole years. And he retired from wrestling on his 80th fucking birthday. But still, just the fact that he retired from professional wrestling puts him in the point zero 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 one percent of male wrestlers. Oh, and then he died, of course, shortly afterwards at eight. Yes, he died seconds later. Uh, after that <laughs> he was like, I've never been pinned as an active wrestler. That's why I'm retiring, because if anyone pins me while I'm dead, that'll count as a win. Exactly. He was cremated because he's like, make sure my shoulders are burned. I don't want anyone to pin me while I'm dead. Yes. So here is uh, his son's. He made his son Scott cut his shoulders off as soon as he died because he was pretty sure <laughs> that the Sheik was going to come and try and pin him. He was pretty. He was worried that Jim Cornette was going to show up at the funeral with Devastation Incorporated, whatever you do. definitely do uh, Barb Armstrong because he also would just wear a mask as Bullet Bob. Uh, no, 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 no. He's That's what he would do. He would transform into the bullet. You, what you don't understand yes. is there's various phases. Of Bob Armstrong in the same way. that, and it's just like a thing out of a superhero movie, except for so lo-fi because they didn't have drawings back then. Yeah, they just had a man with just the broadest chest just putting on a mask in front of Bob Cottle. I'm the bullet now. That's also how you used to be strong, is you had one part of your body that looked good, and the rest was still just mush. Oh, of course. The like, best oh, example. hands. That's all he needs, big hands. I just remember one time watching, listening to a baseball game with my grandfather when I was seven, and one of the commentators could not stop talking about the power of one of the guy's right arm, which now in parlance means that that guy was very out of shape, but he could throw a ball miraculously quick. That's why and then baseball's awesome. Yeah, baseball. Like, hey, are you an, are you a drunk out of shape man? Yeah, that's right. Do you want to be a professional athlete? I certainly do. Welcome <laughs> to baseball in the '80s, my friend. Grab yourself a coke problem and start just oh, yeah. being good at one thing. What can you do? Tim I can Rains. run. 
crazy fast between second and third, but not first and second for some reason. <laughs> get you, get this man on the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> Tim Raines sliding in head first because he had uh, Coke vials around his neck that he didn't want to smash. Or no, in his back pocket that he didn't want to smash. I mean, this so is we so... would only dive head first. And he stole a lot of bases, John. And you know what? At first base, I'm guaranteeing he sold a lot of computers. He sold something, too. Um, here's the other thing is... Um, Road dog Jesse James. I just want to point this out quickly, John, because before we so we're gonna do this episode, um, which is researched by us in yeah, 15 yeah, yeah. seconds, and then there'll be the episode that is re- researched by Christopher Hobson, who turns lights off, puts his phone on silent, or just turns it off. Walks into a room and says, "Don't talk to me, wife. I don't care if the kid's crying. If the kid's crying, kill it. Yeah, we need to learn more about Jesse. I'm James's working military career." I'm working with John and Dylan. They are up to the Lord's work. This is when his wife starts going, I'm not hearing about how they're doing. They're doing the Lord's work is what he then yelled. <laughs> I've, I've seen the videotape of this. He puts it on so TikTok every week. Can largely ignore the research I've done because yeah. it gets into semantics that they don't think they need, even though they totally do. Yeah, it gets into a lot of data that the entire audience is actually tuned in to listen. But instead of covering that, you know what we're doing? Go ahead. Should we announce the uh, so as I think it's September? We'll say September. Loose date here, September. Sometime in the fall. Uh, Sometime in the fall, sure. Ladies and gentlemen, we're expanding the wrestling wrestler review empire. Um, One other thing. Exactly, like all great empires, it is very small and is essentially just doing the thing we initially said we were doing. You remember when ESPN launched ESPN2 so they could show sports again? That's basically what we're doing in that Christopher Hobson will now be presenting the research he prepares for this show that we then splatter and come and boogers and present to you. He will be going through it so you can have an in-depth information about the wrestlers you love, and then you can turn to us for the in-depth exploration into whether or not those wrestlers... Uh, took a hot piss in a garbage can in Trenton, New Jersey in 1987. Spoiler alert for Brian Armstrong, he did. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys like the actual information part of this, all of it will be available. And I think they just record it once. So it's like one of the audio files they sent me was like three and a half hours long. I'll have you know I was against this entire thing. And I do not like that Christopher Hobson is taking one step closer to what we always knew would happen is him replacing us. Because let me tell you what the wrestling internet community does not want. They don't want snarky people talking about wrestling. They want to read the comments underneath legitimate news about wrestling. And that's the problem with this program is we've given voice to the goo. Voice to the goo. We've given voice to the goo. So here's more goo. Yes, you didn't know he was in the Marines. They talked about that all the time while he was like, "Yeah, but but again, I I've been a wrestling fan long enough that I assume if someone's like, you know, he was a Marine, that means he's been underwater one time. Like it's not it. Yeah, he like, went swimming. Sergeant Slaughter and like people like people were like, the fuck, Sergeant Slaughter was not an like actually a fucking drill sergeant, and people were like, the hell, and it's like, you believed the wrestling world? Like what are you doing? So, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I mean, I he, should talk. I was so was shocked when I, and he didn't get even. Uh, he didn't even get fucking thrown out of being a marine like Randy Orton did for like just trying to eat all his pubes or something. <laughs> Randy Orton got thrown into being the Marines because he kept just being like, uh, "My dad's fucking um, the fucking um, it's fucking cowboy ace fucking Bob Orton." So how about you fucking let me take a shit in your fucking briefcase, General? 
hey, how about this? How about you let me smoke while I fucking kill Here's the thing. People? I guarantee Randy Orton has ha- been getting a dick suck, and he has winked at someone that doesn't like him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that Randy Randy Orton has just been like, hey, man. And you're like, Randy, are you getting a suck off in the back of just a random fan's Ford Focus? And he's like, not a random fan. A guy who told me he doesn't like me. Now who doesn't like me, man? Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about, what was it? Uh, when it with Legacy. The Legacy was like, these three jock fucking assholes. What a great stable that could have been. Yeah, and they were and like, I, we're I, pushing Randy Orton and Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's going to beat Legacy in a two-on-one match. Anyway. Yeah, I don't understand why. that. What the, the WWE, even though it's run by a jock asshole, could never present like, these guys are the dicks and they think they're going to win because they always do. Here's the fucking crazy thing about um, Whoa, let's cut down on the fucking language there. The load dog Jesse James is Come the, on. Come the fuck on. Was against he beat Kevin Sullivan in his this first is, fucking match because so his dad he, is Bullet Bob. So the thing with Bullet Bob that's not really understood is Bullet Bob, as I can basically gleam and understand, was sort of a Hulk Hogan-esque Mm. Brock Lesnar-esque in that like he was just kind of over in the south like if you're just in the south everyone was vaguely aware of a bullet or a bullet bob story in their wrestling territory so he had this carte blanche and it's this weird thing of his sons are breaking in kind of at the moment where Vince has drained all the territories but the territories are like I don't think this guy fucking understands just because he's playing Manhattan doesn't mean he's going to be able to draw here in Tallahassee. Unless, of course, America somehow homogenizes television production and moves it away from a local thing to national only at a certain level and local becomes sort of low rent. Now, granted, there's only one way that could happen, and it's some sort of like long wire that links all the television around. And luckily, it's 1985, and that hasn't been discussed for like four years, so we'll be fine. Like That's when all the Armstrong brothers break into wrestling is like Vince has taken all the stars and bullet Bob just shows up in what I assume is a very clean car. And is like, well, the boys could do some wrestling. I, a couple of things. One, make sure you don't tell them that you should drink water while being an athlete. I have been only feeding them vinegar. It's very fun. How sick they get. (laughs) He's an active service for six years. For the first six years of his wrestling career, he's in active service, and he's off and on in WCW. <laughs> and great. Time. How fucking wild must it be for him to be backstage with pretend bullies like Ole Anderson? And he's like, I'm in the Marines. And I guarantee Ole Anderson's like, only Marine I ever met fucking couldn't even wipe my ass. Yeah, exactly. I, everyone knows the Marine is a gimmick. Yeah, like I get. Yeah, gimmick those bombs. They're actually T-shirts. Did you keep it kayfabe when you went to the Middle East, or did you do it? Was it a shoot? <laughs> did you? Was it a shoot when you killed that family, or was it just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think Saddam Hussein stiff? is shooting? Or yeah, were you working stiff when you just you saw that school and you were like, I know the thing that makes Brad hard. It's the same <laughs> thing that makes Brad's dad's hard, and you just burn the school down. They're like, um. Brad, we have not actually left the continental United States. That school is in uh, Southern California. You just killed a bunch of, and he's like, "That's cool." So wait a minute, and they're like, "That you, is cool." You did a mission, and you did, and you un- non gimmick bombed a school, and then afterwards, you didn't try and sell T-shirts to the survivors. Your dad would be spinning in his grave if he was ever dead. Yeah, your dad. Well, your dad, my dad's still alive. Yeah, but you are aware that your dad already dug his grave, and he sometimes lies in it. And when one of his sons disappoints him, he goes, "You made me do this," and he slowly spins <laughs> in the dirt. 
Um, oh, also, Brian James made his um, debut for Smoky Mountain Wrestling in 1992 under a mask as The Dark Secret. Oh, my God. I In uh, COVID, I watched a lot of Smoky Mountain Wrestling with friend of the program, uh, Michael Lawrence. And it's perfect company, by the way. That's like he loves Smoky Mountain Wrestling. It is really fun to watch. It is like really fun, stupid. It's like it's like kids show wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so racial overtones. Not but what what's even over? Oh, overt. One of the characters is called get out of here. You're not welcome on this portion of the bus. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like Tracy's (laughs) mother's in a Confederate flag being like, he's just a good guy. Yeah, he believes it's fine. Oh, my God. Well, there's there's a very there's like a weird amount of episodes on the WWE Network. But I do remember I think we watched one with the gangsters. I, I think I know we were supposed to like it's one of those things yes. and like like the I just remember the crowd like for the heels I've never heard such booing and I have never like dirty white boy Tony Anthony is so fucking over like he's like fucking Bret Hart in 90 like th- people are just like oh what a, a relief great name. it's a great name dirty white boy is a great name but the other thing is um what's it call it the two main heels you got to remember out of that that come out of that were Sonny who just basically was like <laughs> I am a woman and I went to college and people yeah. would just like throw chairs in the yeah. ring. And then obviously the gangsters, which was um, New Jack saying, thank God those two people are dead, which is for sure. That's a good heel line. Uh, OJ, you got to keep up the good work. We'll take care of the rest of them is one of the best. Like you want to, you want to get over in the South as a heel. Welcome to New Jack. Someone get the cocaine. Someone get the wheelchair. It is. That is the unfortunate thing about New Jack, and the only unfortunate thing is that that run in Smoky Mountain really did show his potential for how good he could have been as a professional wrestler. But then he just loved crime and stabbing too much. Here's the thing: is I unhinged. Let let me actually say this: if Paul Heyman had not. Talk, uh, venomized the relationship between New Jack and Jim Cornette. Mm-hmm. Um, I guarantee New Jack ends up in the Attitude Era, like briefly. Yeah. Well, but, if New oh Jack my doesn't God. have the reputation of like sometimes you, sometimes he feels, and I think this was what it was legit was like he feels threatened by you because you could actually probably beat him up in a fair fight. So he just like tries to bully you and scare you off. Anyway, did you know this? Do you know the original? idea for the dark secret was if you beat him then he whispers one of wrestling secrets in your ear and then you have a heart attack because you're so disgusted oh my god that is true actually it actually it's, 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 it didn't, it actually he did more than just uh rape uh, and then you just go ah! yeah, yeah yeah um in a couple of years rick flair is going to do something called the plane ride from hell what no one will tell you is um uh, there was actually another plane ride from hell, and that took place on September 11th, 2001. And it was just Vince McMahon proving to Dick Ebersole that he can get ratings. Yeah, he was really pissed off that Tiger Jeet Singh didn't work out. So he's like, we're going to make new heels. Yeah, it's time for, um, I got this new guy. His name is Muhammad Hassan, and I am going to launch him. In a shoot. <laughs> Two years. It's going to be good. This is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a long shoot. I was watching some Smoky Mountain Jerry, Wrestling. Jerry, fly the plane. I said, they Jerry, d- fly the plane. Jerry, McDivitt, 
You fly the plane. <laughs> Tibbet and Briscoe. It's very good, to be, uh, Vince, that I am not actually a human, but just a beam of light made sentient, which is why I'm able to control all things logical and illogical. For this, I will do you king grope. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, the Armstrong brothers lost the, the, the three faces of fear. More like the Schlongstrong brothers. Am Who's I fucking, fucking right? That's sick. Yeah, they all fight. They all. This is in WCW on WCW main event. The three faces of fear were Kevin Sullivan, your friend and mine, John Boom Boom Tenta, and Edward Brutus the Zodiac Booty Man, Leslie. That's so good. Where it's like Kevin Sullivan, who's like, here's the thing about Kevin Sullivan that I'm sure Kevin Sullivan was a great wrestler. And after you've watched him for a while, but like flipping channels and seeing WCW for the first time, I was like, why is this guy winning fights? He's in the smallest trunks I've ever seen. This is the thing. He yeah, kept... like, Do you ever see the Sexy Beast, Ray Winstone and the Sexy Beast? He yes. He like Ray Winstone and Sexy Beast. And I was like, I believe his name is. First of all, his name is Ray Winston, I think. I don't think it's Winstone. Sure. Um, but it's a I weird completely thing to correct. We wildly get wrestling facts wrong, but <laughs> it's Ray Winston. Yeah, but it yeah, but our podcast is called The Film Review. <laughs> no, it's Ray Winstone. It's not Ray Winston. Maybe they pronounce it Winston, but it's Stone. You piece of shit. Oh, it is Stone. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, that's an impression of Dylan. you. That's uh, an impre- that's an impression of you though. That's your voice. And then, uh, oh yeah, Ben Kingsley's in it, and he's really, really good in it. He reprises his role as Gandhi. That's right, Gone, uh Yeah, it's Sexy Beast, uh, and the subtitle Man, how the is world has changed, Red- Gandhi Red- too. Ben Kingsley was just <laughs> in brown face for three plus hours, and people were like this is the greatest. Per-. That's one movie where like everyone in 1980 was like, wow, he was really good in that movie, and everyone born who didn't see the movie and wasn't an adult is like, that's actually fucked up. He was in brown face, and everyone's like, well, who the fuck else we're getting to play him? Yeah, exactly. We still needed to make sure that an English actor portrayed the person that repelled the English yeah. from that land. Like, it's you important that we still... Test? Here's what happens. If they make a Hollywood uh, movie, you stick the person in the sun. If they don't burn irreparably in one hour, they don't get the part. That's how yeah. right you have to be. Yeah. The tan test. Uh, yeah. Hollywood is controlled by Xenu. Xenu <laughs> likes to see the clean colors. Yeah. <laughs> stick them in the sun. If it's above 30 and he doesn't get skin cancer in 45 minutes, he doesn't get to kill him. Yeah. Tell him I'm not faking. I'm not making some fucking Marvel multiverse bullshit where they go to fucking Wakanda. I'm making a fucking (laughs) movie. (laughs) All right. A conversation. I will bet all the money I I have has happened in Hollywood so many times. Like Mm -hmm. when there was a, like it's this weird thing. COVID burned out a bunch of weird pulp cultural icons. Mm-hmm. And like pop cultural movements. And one of them was people were really just bringing like people were saying Wakanda forever so much. It was like a such a catchphrase, but it was so weird in that it like it felt like I'm like, I don't think any of you guys have seen the movie. I think you're just like, let me tell you what those people that as a, a suburban white person, I've decided tell me what's cool. And that's just people that are doing anything remotely collected to black culture. So I'm just going to yell Wakanda forever from a car window. That's what it felt like. It was just like. I don't think someone driving a Land Rover in San Diego has seen Black Panther. <laughs> I'm sure they have, but also just gleaming that where it's like just, just don't yell Wakanda forever. When yeah, it's just weird. It was there was like a there was like a. I just remember specifically being in San Diego, and this is such a. As soon as you're out of any city in America that isn't uh, New York, LA, or Chicago, let me tell you one of the things Americans love doing: randomly yelling shit out of car windows. They 
live for like man i haven't heard that since like it is dylan it's refreshing it's real it's like because it's also like, that takes me back to like the mid to late 2000s when pre-beard i was just like walking around and people just calling me a fucking fag <laughs> oh yeah like oh my god i remember like, these guys at a light and i was talking with a friend of the program alex bavone and um i saw them look at us like excited and then look like forward and i was like oh these guys are gonna yell something and then i was like why don't you just say it now we're at a stoplight just say it now guys just do it and the guy's like <laughs> and he's like that he fucking I think he thought he had something good but he realized he didn't and he went Pokemon fags <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon fags like he, just, he was oh like Fuck, how do I say it I said Pokemon but I can't think of a second thing fags got him it is <laughs> so wild how much stuff just doesn't happen that way you know what I'm saying one guy the best one I ever had was I was walking around this happened in Toronto and uh, a guy was driving by, and a guy went, "I fucked your sister, bud," and it was on her birthday. Well, I was like, "This is this guy's good." I mean, the one that I lived through with me forever was being in rural Ontario, and a woman going, "Where'd you get those jeans?" And I said, mm-hmm. "I don't know, Toronto." And she went, "We'll take them back." No, she said, "Did you get those jeans uh, out in of Tor- a car window?" Nope. This was just she walked up to me face after to a show. Face. Did you get those jeans in Toronto? And I said, yeah. I don't know. And she went, you should go back there. And it still is just like, what the fuck? That's good. Jeans are um, too tight. Uh, I remember that's at that the, show. That's back when people fucking hated hipsters. and kids. That's the Oh, my God. Like, no, but divide. it's also, it's, but what, but hipster just became shorthand for what it is, is people just don't like people in the one city in the part of their country that is the big city. You know what I'm saying? Like. I've lived in big cities so long that I find it very cute when you're like, I would never be caught dead in Toronto. And it's like, why? You don't like the convenience of living in a big city? And it's just like, why? It's a big city. Yeah. It's like, also, like an overgrown town. Yeah. It's an overgrown Here's an overgrown Toronto. Here's the thing that's so crazy about Toronto. Zigzag. You can just be like, I'm on this side. I'm on that side. I'm on this side. I'm on that side. Yeah. Try and. Do that in London. Go to a tube station in London London and be like, oh, shit, I actually forgot something at my house. I have to leave. You're going to wherever you're going because the mob will just be like, nope, you've decided. You're moving. Yeah, what you do is you get to the platform and then go out the way out and back. Yeah, yeah, of course. I've done that. Uh, I've I've spun around and people are like, what are you doing? I guess that's English orderliness or whatever, but I'm like, I left. I'm I'm fucking trucking all you fucking We're going to talk about Road Dog in a second, but first I'm going to say this. All right, fair. Uh, For... There has been two times on this trip because post-COVID people have forgotten all those rules. And uh, I am not a violent person. I have two fucked up arms, so I am not going to be ever able to fight. Mm. I've never been in a fight. The closest I have ever come to a physical altercation was about two weeks ago on an escalator in Houston. No, what am I? Yeah, in Houston Station, which was not the heat wave we had, but it was just hot. And there was a cunt just stood on the part where you're supposed to walk. And he was literally holding it. It was a man. It was a man. Oh, wow. So that's, that's against your, first of all. Uh, my religion, first of all. Excuse me. Against what you believe. Of course. What? I, I, a person of possible equal strength. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, and like people were delayed by this person. Like I could see there was like fucking people were all in the classic English fashion. As I was beeling down to where this guy was stood, people were all talking about this guy's blocking the way. No one's just going to walk up. And I just walked up and went, move. And he went, there's no space. And I went, you're not supposed to be stood here. This is so for people can get by. If you don't move, I'll move you. And he went, what? And I went, if you don't move, I will move you. Do you want to find out what that means? And then I grabbed him by the neck and I licked his in his nose. I went, 
la 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 la. And he went, oh, and then we are dating. No, and then he moved out of the way and he went, some people are rude. And then I just looked at him and went, you are a cunt. And then I just walked yeah. to my train in the, this is the thing is I don't like Check the phrase that. middle age, I'll do but if you're play. above you? 35, yeah. if you're above 35, there's just something that happens at a certain point. It's happened to me, which is you're just like, I was raised with rules. You were not. I am now the rule maker and I will let you know about the rules. And I hate that I'm doing it, but I also love it. It's very conflicted. Go ahead, Dylan. So here's here's how you shorten that and get what you want, John. You know what? Even pretend you're sitting down on a bus and we're just we're we're each other. We're exactly you're also a thirty something white man and I also am. I'll be like, uh hey, sorry, can I sit there, man? No. I'm mid divorce. So am I. No, but then you'd get out because you wouldn't be mid-divorce. But you see, the, I'm in the middle out. of a divorce. Actually, any man will get out of the seat. <laughs> Not anymore. No, unless so you. Sorry, sir. I, I have finished my divorce, so I'm like, ah, bad news. You got to stand. I got to sit. I got to rest from being completed. I got to rest because I'm done with life. No, that's the uh, that's the thing. Is uh, I feel like a lot of divorces happened during COVID. Yeah, a lot of divorces birth rate went down. Uh, yeah, of course. Of course it did. Also, I had a kid because I loved to bang. I discovered this on stage. That is true. You did People say people who that. had kids during COVID. Congratulations, we loved to bang. They, they do. Like, oh, it's like pandas in captivity. I'm like, yeah, I'll break into captivity. Fuck both those pandas. I'm I mean, that is. I would like to point out that that has not been the experience I heard as someone who even did some dating during COVID. The let's put it this way. Oh, People dating I, was like, uh, we're already in person. We have to have sex because we're literally risking our own death. And Every like, but it was I I I would say it wasn't even considered. It was just like, listen, it's been no one's touched yeah. me in a bit. Let's do it, and it's just yeah. like yeah, not only right. will this not only the sexual thing, I haven't shake shook hands with someone like the my favorite regular just brushed up against on the bus is is done now. Let me say this: as we all did in COVID, Dylan got had a real freak out freak out at one point when we were talking about how a bunch of single people weren't respecting the COVID rules. Like I think you would. You were like you were about I to become a. Out. I was like, yes, you were so. No, no, no. It was very funny one I time. Was standing. No, one time because it was very early in you being a new father, and it was just clearly you were just had the weight of the world on your shoulders, and you just needed to bitch about one thing, and you just went, "Let me tell you this about certain comedians. They're not meeting my son. Why do I need my son to meet someone who would?" behave this way in covid i bet it did the behave this way because i if i said it it would have totally revealed who it was and i don't want to i don't want to do that in particular They're and it was around. it was so funny you just, i am I, how could they oh it was yeah, very good get your rub and tug hands off my son <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> oh my rub god rub and tug hands tug off my i mean son. i gotta say i i really i do not I've never been to a rub and tug, but being back in London, I just love that they put no effort into disguising it. There, I walked by a massage place in Islington, massage. <laughs> and it was called Lotus Flower, and it had one package, and it said regular massage, and then, and that was like seventy pounds, I'd say, and then the other one was three hundred pounds, and it said full massage, and this was just big, giant advertisements in the window, and. That's right. Full massage was the or no first one was a photo of a massage bed. Full massage was just a photo of a woman. <laughs> there was a place. Uh, there was a place in Toronto. It was a gas station, and then behind it just had sexy massage. That was the best one I'd seen. I was like, usually they have like 
We haven't talked about this, but did you know that in certain states in the, the U.S. and they're all places where Bullet Bob Armstrong would have been way over, that for some reason if oh, you – Bikini bars and stuff? It's better. If you own a gas station, you are allowed to do whatever you want as part of the business in that gas station. It's like – differently zoned so it's like not a business and you can do whatever so like you'll go into a gas station in virginia which i have done and they are operating a full casino there's a full casino just in the gas station this kind of sounds like the uh night shift free man on the land stuff but yeah like it is that sort of stuff like you're just like what legally if you tell a cop i'm a free man on the land he has to give you his gun and you get a date with his wife. The sovereign citizen movement is one of the best things America has given the world. Uh, is this a maritime naval co- uh, court? Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to have a great time on YouTube, head on over to mm. YouTube.com and type in sovereign citizens v. judge. Every time it's so, uh, a are lot you, of guys who work the night shift who've got a lot of reading time on their hands. There is one guy that is like, uh, it keeps being like, I want it noted. I was not holding my family at gunpoint. I was pointing my gun at the officers. My mm. family was just stood behind me. And that the, man like he is, is Road Dog Jesse James. And that man is Road Dog Jesse James. And that is how he got out of WCW. And because oh, he becomes the, the roadie. That's right. Into the WWF as the roadie. He's the real voice. The roadie would work. Here's what I think it was is Bruce Pritchard was involved and he knew the Armstrong family, obviously, and was like, Brian looks like a roadie because in the end, one of the things that the WWE would know is what does a crew look like for a production and road dog does look like one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, but like it's wrestling like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess Big Boss Man does look like a cop and. Duke the Dumpster Drossy is like, here's a garbage man. He's 6'8". I don't know. Yeah. Does IRS, does, does Mike Rotunda look like an accountant? No. <laughs> like No, like but, oh, and but it's also his, his job, like his wrestling gimmick job was not a thing that exists. He's the IRS's tough guy. Like the IRS doesn't have a tough guy. They're the tax organization. They don't need one. We're taking <laughs> your house. Is just like the army. Yeah, the tough guy. Exactly. The tough guy is just all the army and the police and the ability to take all of your money out of your bank account. That's what they're. So he's the roadie. I remember this is the crazy thing. This is how into wrestling I was at that time. I remember the big where it was like the roadie is going to wrestle. And I was like, what? Yeah. Are you against Razor Ramon? Bro, that is very dangerous for him. Fucking the roadie can fucking. Oh, I don't even remember. I just remember him coming up against Razor and I was like. I can't believe Razor's a good guy. He's going to beat up this just this employee. Yeah, because he did just look like mush, especially at that time where it was like... I mean, he always did. I loved the Road Dog in the Attitude Era, but he looked like... He's the only I, wrestler I don't think I've ever seen in his chest. I don't, I don't think, think we a, ever will. A male wrestler who I've never seen with his shirt off. Well, it's because Bullet Bob stapled a shirtless t-shirt to uh, uh, his uh, son's torso. Yeah, he, he was had like, to wear a cutoff shirt. He really wanted to wear a full... Like a full sweater. What is weird, actually, is anytime he puts on a t-shirt, the sleeves just fall off. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, this is the other thing, is that Road Dog, um, the Snuggie was invented when Vince McMahon presented him with what he wanted his in-ring attire to be. He was like, here you go. Just to cover it all. Yeah, just if there's a way we could record your voice and then kill you, that'd be good. <laughs> so his uh, WWE run is very weird in that he's... Uh, they're basically building towards him and Jarrett being revealed as the singer for um, See My Baby Tonight or whatever that fucking um, With, with my, my Baby, ba- my tonight. baby tonight. Pardon me. 
uh, for Jeff Jarrett's dog. And then they inexplicably then end up in USWA. It's unclear if they were fired or they just left or they were sent down there for development because the USWA at the time was their development Aria, you know what I mean? It feels like it was a deal with Jerry Lawler where they're like, okay, go down to USW. Because also, this is where Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett are still with the company, right? So it feels like a yeah. whole. Jerry Jarrett brings in Jerry Lawler and then basically goes, okay, I gave you like this guy who feuded with your world champion and who feuded, who's the first feud for all these legends coming back. Can you just give me your intercontinental champion for a bit, my son? Yeah, and they did. Hey, guys, thanks very much for donating to the Patreon. Uh, we're trying to do a drive to get to 100 subscribers, and at 100 subscribers, we'll think of something to do. But if you guys donate to the Patreon, we have $5, $10, $20, or $25 if you're really crazy people that you guys can donate to. Thank you so, so much for donating to Patreon. Uh, it's really made this even more worthwhile than just talking about Barry Horowitz's dick already is. I want you to know how much I love all the Patreon listeners. I was quietly reflecting on my love while Dylan was doing that. Let's be honest. Great commercial. And he wasn't even the Intercontinental Champion. He came in. They basically did the same gimmick again, but he was a bit more abrash and abrasive. He comes back uh, using the name he used in the USWA, which is Jesse James. He came back as the real Double J. They did the thing basically without Jarrett, who's now sort of on his way towards heading towards WCW, where he would sing the song and they'd be like, Oh, Jeff Jarrett's a piece of shit. Enter the Honky Tonk Man who is managing Rockabilly. Fun fact in the research, Rockabilly was supposed to be Disco Inferno, uh, but instead was badass Billy Gunn. They have a weird little feud, and then it becomes Jesse James like, you want to be a tag team? And then they become everyone's friends. Take off the sleeves and the belly portion of the shirts. It's time for the New Age Outlaws. Get me a hot tag. And they get over so quickly by literally just being like, yo, are you 14? I think it's one of the best gimmick changes in the history of It's one of the best gimmick changes because they also they don't change something. their names. They don't go like, I'm no longer Billy Gunn. I'm no longer the roadie. It's He's Road Dog now, which is just an offshoot of roadie. And, and he's uh, badass, badass Billy, Billy Gunn. Gun. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's fucking great. And they, the New Age Outlaws, obviously, Jesse James and Billy Gunn. So they're still kind of both in um, Wild West Cowboy characters. It's just... That they're just all, and they're just like MJF. They're like, who are they? Well, these are just heels. What's this guy? Well, this guy um, thinks his ass is really nice, and that's weird. And the other guy just like is obnoxious. Here's what it is: is it's the it's the funny dick and the and the dick who fucked your girlfriend. Like that's who they mm. are. Like, yeah. Please welcome badass Billy Gunn, who's just full sn- snotted on a woman. <laughs> and they do a bunch of shoot interviews once they leave TNA. Um, or what? Sorry, once they're in TNA, oh that are boy, like, w- that are just slanderous, but also like pretty accurate. Where it's like, yeah, Triple H was like no one without Sean, so they attached us to him and X Pac, and that made him like that made Triple H like um, maintain his spot because without us, D- DX is nothing, and he's absolutely correct. He's they're at, they're yeah. absolutely correct. They're both they, they're both um, guys who, and this is like something that the Miz has and that like MJS has, where they can lose every match and they're immediately fine and steal heels. Because what it is is the original new uh, New Age Outlaws entrance was so different than anything anyone had seen. 
This sounds great. The idea, because his original, the original entrance didn't even have the do do do. Oh, you didn't know? Like it literally was just him going, "Oh, you didn't know? Well, your ass better go." So, and and like doing a rap about the what it was was the New Age Outlaws were essentially a territorial heel tag team. They were the '90s updated version of the Midnight Express. They weren't like these guys are from the future and they're dicks. It was like, <laughs> like that would be good if it was. That's Max who the Midnight Green, Express essentially asshole. were. Do you know what I mean? Like the Midnight Express. I is took like, your Soylent Green. Now you have to go to Krebulat Six. And take a shit Ooh. on your sister's fucking face, yeah. bro. Um, but you see, but like the Midnight Express, what was their gimmick? It's like they're from the future and they're rude to you. And they're got the this Midnight rich... Express. I think it what was, was their gimmick? Like, uh, here's what their gimmick was: they took uh, the the song from a movie, the Midnight called Midnight Express. Yeah. They, they just they walked out. Some guy saw a dun, bit dun, of Midnight dun, Express dun, 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 and just was dun, like, dun, "What dun, if we just dun, took dun, the name dun, from that movie and they were dicks?" It's like, All yeah. Right. They, and also, by the way, they're hot, but they're both fucking butt ugly. All right. What's also I think is they just were like, well, they're called the Rock and Roll Express. And then that movie came out and they're the like, mid, what was the Midnight Express? Like, what was the actual storyline of Midnight Express? It's a drug smuggling. It's a movie about a guy uh, being in, I think, being in prison for smuggling drugs and out of uh, Turkey. Okay. So, yeah. Maybe there's a scene in it where two guys are rude and they just took those characters, or maybe. Well, there's a jail guard that's very rude to one guy. That's most of the movie. Okay, I mean, I guarantee they just saw the title, was like, "That's a good yeah. title," and then just took the thing, and that's it. No, you know what it was? It was uh, Giorgio. I forget how to say the guy's name who actually made the song. Giorgio Marauder was part of the techno movement. And they probably were just like, these guys are guys who go to dance clubs. It's a wild and crazy guy, but anyway. Yeah, but I bet you that's actually it. Yeah, the New Age Outlaws were... In wrestling that works, these guys are complicated, but in the end, extremely simple. Let's just go... They truly used the Barry Darso rule of professional wrestling, which was, what am I? I'm intergalactic. Whatever. You're The, The one thing, though, is they got over in a very specific way, which was for about three months... They just did something that you – they came out, and how did they beat the headbangers? They just smashed the, the stereo on their head before the match began no and pinned moves. them. Yeah, they just fucked yeah, up people. heel thing. What's our fucking finishing move? We cheat. Yeah, the finishing move is we hit you with a cha- – like, they fuck up the new – the one thing that is the most important to remember about the New Age Outlaws, which no one brings up because it's old school wrestling, but it worked, which was how do we get these guys over? Get the Legion of Doom in the ring, and the Legion of the Doom gets the shit kicked out of them. Like, they beat the fuck out of Hawk and Animal yeah. in a way that no one has before or since. And it was impactful. People talked about it for weeks. And it was like, what the f- the roadie and one of the smoking guns did what? And the way they did it was sort of vicious and shitty. You're like these motherless fucks. Yeah, they and they did the obviously the Cactus Jack uh, Terry Funk feud as well, where they're like mm-hmm. put on par with a guy who's been in the world title scene. Absolutely, and it's a very interesting transition. And then because they build them, build them, build them, and it's this thing of like the New Age Outlaws are about to go. I think themselves could have been a solo sort of heel, and then I think they make the very smart decision of putting them with DX yeah. because it it bec- makes them well, they baby faces. Fit. They clearly fit. It makes them baby faces. They're one hundred percent correct. The shoot interviews that Billy Gunn and Road Dog did when they were popping them pills and joining TNA. Um, 
are incredibly slanderous and there's internet chat of can you believe that they got accepted back into the fold? I can because exa- nothing what they said, they weren't like Triple H was pegged and Stephanie did fuck Macho Man Randy Savage, but it was like he's a little bitch and he wouldn't be anything without us, which we're all like, yeah, no one, no, there's very few people in the wrestling fan community ugh, who is like, let me tell you who's my number one, Triple H. No reason. You know what I mean? There, there are those people. There are, but they're not like they, they can fuck off. They're wrong. <laughs> there was also like Triple H, the wrestler from the mid two thousands, and Triple H, the guy who like was like, "Hey, what if we do ROH but call it NXT?" Yeah, like that Triple H, Triple H, the executive. I like that. So, but here's the thing about what I want to say too is like they were heels, so they were supposed to be like shithead young guy heels. And they didn't realize that, like, the entire audience they had was, like, 13, 14-year-olds. So, like, another very subtle thing is Road Dog would come out, and they didn't have any merch. So, he would just come out in South Park shirts and shit, which is, well, like... Well, that's... And they transitioned that. They also would come out in the rival team of that city's jerseys a shitload, which I fucking love. I fucking yeah. love that shit. But they, like, I, looked yeah. cool, unlike, you know what I mean? And then he, Yeah, they like, were cool the dicks. Team, which is, like, out of shape. Like, it was, like, it truly was, like, the guy who, the guys who smoke weed against, like... The guys who did, did cocaine, and now we're just, yeah. like, Ugh. Yeah, it was literally the 80s versus the 90s. It was basically, like, when Dylan and I showed up in Canadian comedy. Mm-hmm. I was, of course, the road dog. Dylan was... Just a guy who hung out with the road dog who didn't actually wrestle. <laughs> the guy who bought the road dog stuff. Yeah, the road dog's friend who's dead now because of drugs. That's who Dylan is. The crazy thing to me, think about it being so long, but in reality, it's like pretty much by the year 2000, they're no longer a team because they are like this weird swing team where you remember being for so long, but it's like... They're not in the Dudley Boys, Hardys, and Edging Christian, no. which is in 2001. So it's like two years they're a team, and then they're fucking... Well, it's because they done. also became so big, they immediately transitioned them to single stars. But it was this weird thing of what they didn't understand was, no, no one was looking for them to become... No one was looking for Billy Gunn to break out and go on his own. What we were looking for was him to just keep doing what he's doing. Well, yes, and then also, like, together... They're a perfect tag team in that, like, together they make up for each other's faults, where it's like, Road Dog does not have a good... Cannot wrestle. Yeah. Well, Road Dog can wrestle okay. They're both okay wrestlers. Road Dog has no look, but he's great on the mic. Billy Gunn, not great on the mic. Great look. Hell of a look. And then, and then you combined, couple- they make one interesting wrestler, but then when you like take them apart, it's like, oh, two guys having like a C-plus match. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait for one of these guys to wake up and then get in the ring. That's the other thing. <laughs> is, um, and the heel, be- the, the, the heel babyface thing, just before we switch it up, the heel babyface thing... Um, classic wwe where after a while you got sick of them as baby faces because they're no longer allowed to be creative as faces like as heels they walk down road dog walks down the ring and just says a bunch of shit and then those the things that catch on become all of the words he's allowed to say as a baby face yeah it's very stifling if they move them into singles wrestling their work rate isn't that great but it is very exciting they do a split feud they do all of that sort of stuff they come back together under various incarnations of the mcmahon helmsley regime um but but are sort of like goons and less of a tag team do you know what i'm saying yeah and they also have to do the ultimate thing which is singles run attempted did not work out we're back as a tag team yeah and no one like that never works the same way the second time. Yeah, they should have just kept them Unless together. It's like years apart. Once you break up a team, you have to be like, all right, five years from now, we'll put these guys back together. But anything less than that, 
then yeah or you have to do it really quick like that like the mid or the rock and roll express has broken up like three times but they just are like ah nah and put them right back together also um just in just in time with the most competition you could possibly be under in the history of professional wrestling when vince mcmahon buys wcw um road dog comes up shows up to the final wcw taping essentially just a bag of pills that's drooling and they fire him yeah so um road dog is gone he's headed to tna to start um fucking three live crew where it's like hey do you have any drug problems no yeah okay well i don't know why you're here but get in the ring yeah like i mean that's fine we'll give you this beer it'll sober you up yeah do you want a bunch of beers yeah either way either way we're filming it um (laughs) either either way we're filming it and uh here's our secondary uh stream of income oh you're gonna have a your own no we'll uh steal your money our second our secondary we steal your identity when you're dead we just don't declare you dead and we steal your identity we steal your kidneys and then all your identity and your listen my name is jeff jarrett and let me tell you how my family has big houses is because most of the things we do are actually secret schemes to sell people gold oh yeah just selling fake gold to people good for him anyway um and then in tna um more like TN. Hey, what's going on here with Road Dog? Anyway, so he's in he uh, Three Life crew. crew. They rap a lot. He's hanging out with Ron Killings, who was his tag team also, partner. Some of uh, the most intense um, work, homophobic stuff that's been said in pro wrestling, where he just basically just keeps calling people slur. Like his whole thing is like, here's a bunch of slurs, and everyone's like, fuck yeah. yeah. This is. Made in Florida by a guy for in Florida? Flor- Florida. Let's go. Yeah, someone get me a Quaalude. Three Live Crew, of course, is Ron Killings, Conan, and um, the Road Dog. Road Dog continuing Road Dogs. Once when they tried his um, babyface run that didn't work out, he then gets into a tag team uh, with, with K. K. Quick, K- for Quick, the worst Ugh. theme song of all time. Here's my question: Is Ron Killings out of the WWE now that Vince McMahon is retired? No. Why would he be? Great. I was just curious. That just popped in my head. Oh, he comes in, he says his fucking shit, and then he leaves. Has a cigarette. Great time. There's no way that they'll fire a dude who just performs his ass off once every three months, and then he can lose. Like, he doesn't need anything. It's a great point. What a great job Ron Killings has. The best thing you can be as a professional wrestler is a wrestler that doesn't need anything. That's the most stable. Like, you, you The Miz, Ron Killings... Maybe even a guy like Road Dog, if he didn't love pills, where it's like, yeah, I'll lose. Who cares? <laughs> like, I'd rather I'll, lose. I'll lose, and then I'll talk for a while, and I'll <laughs> eat up five minutes of TV time on a three-hour show. That's what. That's all they want. Like, the, I don't know what year it was, but the era of Raw, where it was like every single week was a 15-minute New Day segment, where it was like, hey, oh. well, we're going to end that. Yeah, um, this show is three hours long, and you're gonna feel every hour of this. Yeah, exactly. And also, bear in mind, anything you say, we're turning into a merchandise, and you're like, "Well, why?" And it's like, no. "Oh, we're tr- we don't like you because of the color of your skin." <laughs> right. Welcome to the WWE. So, um, then you get this. Is I understand that TNA Dylan stuff. didn't like that because I'm being honest about the company he loves, but there is mm, no way the company a I new, love a new day segment being discussed in production. I, that came across like a Jan 6th discord. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just like, what were the words you used to describe Kofi Kingston? And, you're, and he's like, he's, he's, 
My name's Vince McMahon, and if someone on my roster speaks well, I'm pointing out that they speak well. There's nothing else to it. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So 2003. um, I am allowed to make fun of Vince McMahon. He's he's awful. Fuck you. No, he's not. Oh, what? (laughs) That's not lie. He's truly woke. (laughs) Woke to the lies of the left. Um, (laughs) Go ahead. Three live crew. Conan, Ron Killings, BG James. Here's the thing. It's classic TNA, but it also just works. Like Conan and works. Ron Kill- sorry, Conan and uh, BG James really really work as a team and then since they're both fucked physically, um, Ron Killings can do all the wrestling. It worked so well. It was so fun. I think that they probably deserve a lot more credit than they get for drawing eyes towards TNA because so many people I want I like what got me into TNA was holy shit road dogs here with Conan because coming out of WCW those were the two guys on those shows that'd be like they were sort of the like they're gonna say a thing and the crowd yells it back and I'm 15 and that's fun like that's the thing that no one really you know what I mean like like, yeah. And now they're a tag team like that. That's something that that's like, this is great. So they do that for a bit. Billy Gunn eventually fucks off. Monty Sop heads to TNA. We get the Voodoo Kin Mafia. We get all of their shoot interview appearances. The Voodoo King Mafia, if you don't remember, was uh, they basically did. They did basically kayfabe commentaries, the tag team, which was <laughs> um, they basically just said a bunch of inside shit, made fun of Shawn Michaels and Triple H really butthurt about being not included in the 2006 DX reunion in Christian DX, which is a bullet dodge because if they had brought everyone back for that, it would have been so much worse. They showed up at WWE headquarters one day. Like if they did wild stuff, it resulted in no fun matches and no one really cared. They showed up at catering and aiding catering to be like a, like a year 2000 declaration of war. But instead everyone was like, Hey, how's it going? Hey man, like care, man. Yeah, like that type of thing where it's like this isn't the '90s. No one, no one gives a shit that these fucking middle-aged men are tr- are eating. And it's so funny because it's like them at catering, just a middle-aged man trying to be a badass showing up at catering. Like, <laughs> well, I can't eat that because it'll activate my gout. I guess I just got to stick to celery here. Yeah, and Triple H pops out of nowhere. Like, we got some carb-free bread. Well, that does sound nice, actually. All right, uh, it's backfired. Does anyone have I don't a chair? Wanna, I need to sit down. I don't want to be rude, but does anyone have some lukewarm water I could put in this coffee? Any type of dairy product makes <laughs> gums up my nose. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then that's when oh Xbox shows up. Like, yes, I, of course. I would like to really pitch WWE catering as a web series, and it's just Ooh. various wrestlers just having the most boring. It's The Miz and... Which ones do you actually think? Roman Reigns just discussing. I could see their not pension plans being like a fucking. I've been here for a while. Move where it's like you're gonna eat a catering. It's like the dark match guys eat a catering. Yeah, no, but here's what it is: is people make fun of the guys that eat. He's like he's one of those guys that saves his money and eat catering. Let me tell you who I don't care if both of us were making twenty billion dollars being pro wrestlers. Guess who's eating at catering every opportunity? Yeah, free food. Wrestling review boys. Yeah, too poor for too long. It's something I've had to explain to so many people. It's like, I've been poor for too long. I can't, like, I I could have just come from a dinner, and if someone's like, you know, the food's for free, I'll be like, well, better eat some of that to make sure I got paid for coming here. <laughs> well, that's why Patreon and stuff is so important to us, because it is stability, where it's like, within my head at all times, there's the possibility that every booker of comedy goes, so Dylan's out, right? 
Yeah, why was he ever in? And then they all of course. five at the same time, and I'm no longer a professional comedian. Like, at that the secret, exists in my head. Uh, at the secret Booker that. meeting? Like, legit. And I of think course. a lot of comedians think that way. People with, you know, far more stability, which just means, like, followers and shit than I do. But anyway, um, three live crew, then they become four live crew, then they do... So it's funny, because they, they mush these things together in t- classic TNA fashion. Somehow it works. And then they undo it because Billy of comes course. in and they just redo the New Age Outlaws but Worth where he's Kip James because it was Jesse James and his, you know, Monty Sop. I don't know why Kip, actually. Um, a Kip is his nickname, I think. And then BG James because he's Brian, uh, Brian, what's a, whatever his Garfield. name is. Brian Andrew Garfield. Yeah, he's Brian Andrew James, Garfield. Like James, he James lo- right? his dad and loves Spider-Man and time travel. Oh, yeah, like, of course. Know, like James gang, which like, uh, they're like, they're still cowboys. Yeah, they're still outlaws. Just that movie came out and reminded people of that cultural touchstone. And then they, um, yeah, and they, uh, what was it? <laughs> They're in the Voodoo Kin Mafia. Um, they eventually have. This is how you know it's bad when they had, they had Bullet Bob come back for a minute, where it's like, oh my god, like, this people and, like this, right? Uh, this is on our TikTok. Is Bullet Bob coming back and Conan not liking it? <laughs> Conan's fucking best. He's a spicy boy. He doesn't like everything. You know what I'm saying? Some he's prickly. He's like a porcupine. Get out of here. This is the Get other out of cla- here. This is another classic TNA thing. So Also, by the way, for no reason, that promo, I believe, takes place in a cage, which is so much more frustrating. That is a thing that's used a lot with off-location promos in wrestling, where it's like, let's be in a fucking cage, man. Oh, my God, yeah. Even fucking T... I didn't AEW recently do a shark cage match. There's something... There's certain wrestling things where they're like... Cage. A cage the shark cage st- made no sense because it was like... All the what was it? Most of the members of the Jericho Appreciation Society are in the Shark Cage, except for two of them aren't. Who will be involved in the ending of this match? Yeah, like like, no like shit. why are they in the cage? <laughs> yeah. Um, here's this is another classic thing: is the TNA um, that Mr. Brian, Mr. Brian Armstrong, is in TNA for as long as he's in WWF. Wild. This is Same the craziest time, thing. Seven years. Craziest thing about WWE and TNA is that TNA, like people just, it was like a time warp. Kurt Angle was there for like 40 years. Yeah. He was, it's funny because he was like the best and worst of TNA because like Three Live Crew was like, okay, well, this is an old WWF guy, but they're using him in like a new way at least. He's being very homophobic, which at the yeah. time was. You know, a good thing. He loved Entourage, and he wasn't afraid to say the same things they were saying in Entourage. Which, by the way, he watched the first couple episodes of Entourage. Woo! Wild stuff. Anyway, and um, and then he becomes the worst part about TNA, which is here's an old WWF guy. He's doing the exact same gimmick. We're alluding to stuff on the WWF all the while the you know young guys who are actually the way we're trying to sell this company. He's beating them very easily with his new move. I have potato salad. It made my stomach upset. Just lie down. I don't want to touch you. Yeah, the thing that you got to remember is I've taken a lot of barbiturates today. So yeah, I am, I, uh, I am on pills. It has messed up my stomach. I can't have food. So yeah. we're just going to have to drink some stuff. I am, and I cannot stress this enough. I am still pretty sure I'm at the 96 Olympics. Am I at the 96 Olympics? <laughs> oh, also, he becomes a uh, he becomes eventually in t- 2011 once Triple H is gaining power behind the scenes, which is crazy because they did student interviews that were just like, "Here's why we don't like Triple H." Um, 
2011, he becomes a producer, also known as a road agent. Cool. Woo! Dude, the road agent, Jesse James. That's good. And um, he eventually that leads to Road Dog reuniting with uh, Billy Gunn, and they win the tag titles. It was pretty great. In 2014, they win the tag titles, and they're yeah. being like solidly booked over. Oh my god! Yeah, current the, teams. They certainly were. They were part of the the great pushback against the McMahon Helmsley era. They had to. They had a three way. Um, oh no! And then and they, then they joined up. Then they, they joined, joined up, up with the authority. Authority face the shield at shield. WrestleMania 30, which I'm sure is like something that you watch and you're like, oh god. <laughs> I mean, I remember this match and it being like, I what I still think is it's like it's fun that they were at WrestleMania 30. I like that they did that. I like that yeah. they were included. It's fun that they were there. That they're the right team for that. It's great. Like it's exactly who they should be. I love that our boy Brad Bryan. BJGJGGGJGJ mm-hmm. became a wrestling producer for the WWE for a while, and now he's just chilling and hanging out. I think it's a really nice end to a man who abused his body brutally and got some questionable tattoos. And let's not even comment on the hair. Good God, he looked like so many different types of trees. Well, now with Vince McMahon gone and Triple H back in the head of talent relations, I'm sure Road Dog's head back. Yeah, because he was uh, he was let go in January. So he'll he'll be back. Oh yeah, so it's yeah, he's definitely was a oh, Triple wait, H guy. Didn't he have a fucked up tweet too? Like all of them. Did he really? Oh all right, my god. You you vamp about Road Dog. I'll try and find this old tweet. As we wind up Road Dog and look for this tweet, I'm going to tell you the best and the worst thing about Road Dog. Here is the best thing about him is that of the Attitude Era, he was the third best talker behind The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Best thing about him, he was There it wh- is. Such a good promo. The worst thing about him will either be this tr- tweet or his in-ring ability. Give me the tweet, Dylan. This is a message to all the people that have helped me along the way. I'm signing off Twitter. It's been really great interacting with you all. Hashtag hope. Hashtag sobriety. Hashtag serenity. Have to say thank you, God. Hashtag positivity. Earlier in the week, he engaged in a back and forth with uh, Shane Helms over wearing masks during COVID, baby. Oh, here we go. He didn't want to. Of course he didn't. Didn't like it. Well, he's in the WWE. I bear in mind the WWE didn't even do what Dana White did and started looking for an island to hold fights. Vince McMahon just went, "I own the governor of this state. Let me call him." Oh yeah. Oh, like, also all- like, it was like Vince was like, "Hey, they might not let us do this." And then Ron DeSantis was like, "All right, you're a sport and a religion now." <laughs> Click. Yeah. Like he was like, "I fucking hate COVID." Uh, or I think maybe Ron DeSantis loved COVID. Maybe Ron DeSantis undercover is the ultimate environmental uh believer where he's like listen if we wear masks less people will die we need more people to die the planet's overpopulated the only way to stop pollution is to have people die here's a here's a gun to use on anyone who buds in line there was i don't know if this was cumulatively or one spike but i know that seventy five thousand people died in florida like directly there's like ron DeSantis did one thing and they're like and then 75,000 people died like it's so you're like <laughs> have you seen what? the kids that's one of the yeah. most evil things i've fucking seen what was he yelling at the about masks yeah there's these kids lined up for something to, they had masks on like kids yeah yeah, yeah. Like, uh not like not children but like you know like middle-aged ki- middle middle school kids yeah 10 year olds yeah 10 year olds 12 year olds and then one kid's wearing a mask and he's like just so you know and ron says is a big dude he's like just so you know you don't need to wear that okay it's stupid so take that off your face 
and what's, the kid just doesn't. And the, what's and the ri- kid just like looks around going like, what the fuck? <laughs> what's crazy about Ron DeSantis and what no one's talking about, which is when he runs for president, the one problem he's going to have is how he beat um, his, uh, his opponent in the governor's election is the KKK ran a, he ran against a black man and the KKK ran a bunch of like crazy fo- like robocalls against him but because mm-hmm. it's Florida and he never ever like disavowed it was like there's I had nothing to do with them so much he like he basically did and one of the things that's quietly be discussed in journalistic circles is they're like that's how he got voted and the problem with Ron DeSantis is Ron DeSantis is one of those guys who just tried a bunch of stuff and I was like this will work again and everyone's like if he does that at a, on a like a national level it's like the demographics are going to kill him because people will be like wait what did you do like like it's just and it's like the I thing don't of think like, so I think I honestly think that uh I honestly think that right-wing people and right-wing politicians weirdly are now fine with whatever happens like the, it's yeah, true what, i i agree with you but it's the people that are just like that swing because that's what's weird about america is america is still one of those places where like there are still people that are like i like both sides i like what they're both saying which crazy. is which you're like you're just like how can you be like i like a little of this I like a little of that and you're like but they're so different and also they bad are openly talking about how they are fascists and they want a uh unending term but i don't want to wear a mask in walmart yeah and you know what i like i like honesty <laughs> i like honesty anyway um road dog but here's will the be back f- no mask mandate no mask let me you say this right also, now he's not afraid he's not a fan of the other mandates either I'll tell you exactly yeah exactly. certainly not let me say this tna stuff that he did where oh like, uh, boy you didn't know my opponent married a man bad yeah. bad 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 oh you didn't know but i believe that stonewall's worse than al-qaeda <laughs> stonewall <laughs> no, he'd love stonewall jackson no stonewall the um the uh the gay charity uh, oh that, okay yeah yeah yeah. that was named after the time the, i believe the ny i think it's called stonewall god damn it uh the nypd went into a bar um dun, and dune do i brought a robert e lee statue with me dune dune do i put it up in your town square dune dune do no rhyming uh i think i was right dylan first time for everything Sweet. i was right yeah John, right. Dylan. Best thing about Road Dog. I already word. said it. Worst Best thing about Road Dog. Um, wrestling. That they made him wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, as the dark secret, that was the earliest example of COVID protocols going too far. 1991. It's so COVID funny didn't even exist Kane, yet. Wrestlers who were in masks hate masks. Let me just say this very quickly. If you guys want to have your heart broken, just please go find Mick Foley reacting to Kane's tweets. And you're like... Mick, did you just talk to no one backstage for the entire time you were a wrestler? He's just like, listen, uh, I was once told that if you talk a lot, someone might ask you for one dollar. So I just didn't talk to anyone. <laughs> you and Mick Foley reminds me of. He reminds me of my uh, mom, which is no politics at the dinner table. But then the problem with that is you find out their politics and you're like, oh, that guy I talked casually with about sports. Um, full Nazi. Well, that's not good. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's why you're like my butt. <laughs> Also, if if a guy not from Boston is like my fa- and he's white and he's like my favorite team is the Boston Celtics, you're in you're in for a ride. <laughs> Never. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> four beers drunk with that guy. I've said it before. Celtics, New England Patriots, um, the Cleveland Indians. I'm not stop saying it. I'm gonna They're never not the forget. Guardians to me. Uh, I'll never forget this moment, which is I was in a coffee shop with some friends. We were talking about the mate of the movie Major League, and a guy turned around, did not know us, and he just went, "Let me tell you about Major League." 
Mm. They were right to keep the name Indians in that movie. Mm-hmm. And then I went, the movie's from like the 90s. That wasn't, we weren't discussing it in that way. And he's like, they don't bend in Cleveland. And I, and I, then I just went, the movie was from before this was a thing, man. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, they don't bend in Cleveland. It was the most wild thing. And he literally stood there like so, and I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, cool. And I'm like, oh, it's fucking just like country. every time LeBron James came back to Cleveland or came to Cleveland, they had new jerseys where they're like, are these cool? And he's like, it's just a C that's like also smoking a cigarette. And they're like, yeah, I'm sorry. Our- Can you come back, please? No one likes us. <laughs> Actually, the Cavs are okay now. Thank you so much for your time. Donate to Patreon. <laughs> Donate to me personally. It gets around John getting some. That's true. Show up to my house with money. Yeah, bro. Come um, to a live show. Um, follow us on Instagrams, on Twitters, on social meds. Um, I guess this is this is coming out. Long, hard, hot pause. Uh, July 31st, so I'm fucking not doing shit for two weeks, but then after that I'll have a show at Free Times Cafe in Toronto, Ontario, Canada on August 20th. Please come out to that. And uh, yeah, any other information, just go to my Twitter, at Dylan Gott. Go to John's Twitter, at the John Hayes Things, for information on his Edinburgh shows. All which will be happening, which will be opening. When you're hearing this, opens in two days. If you're in Scotland or headed to the Edinburgh Festival, please buy a ticket. It'll be very exciting. And if you're a wrestling fan, August 19th, 20th, and 21st, we are doing John Hastings and Cole Cabana discuss uh, comedy and bad wrestling with the Monkey Barrel at 6 p.m. Gu- guests. Have been confirmed. We are waiting for one very exciting guest, and then they will be announced on the day. Uh, I don't want John told me who the guest is, and uh, I don't want to give anything away. But it rhymes with Vincent Menody McMahon. We got him cheap, guys. <laughs> he thinks this is the John convinced him that this is talk radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going to he, show up in a full double-breasted suit. He thinks expecting to meet Larry King, who he thinks is still alive. So yeah, he thinks Cole I'm Joe will Rogan. Will be dressed as Larry King, and also he thinks that every Jewish man is Larry King. So yeah, he'll, it won't have to take much. I didn't know I've met Larry King before. Oh my God, are you Larry King? <laughs> a rabbi. Yeah, okay, that's a weird way to say Larry King, sir. Here's I love my, your interviews. You don't know anything. Here's my last thing before I go. How long until Vince McMahon's on cameo? Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week. Hit us up. Hit us up at the wrestler. Uh, uh, hit us up at wrestler view on Twitter. Let us know when is Vince McMahon on cameo. Let us know. Fuck. We'll pay anything. Goodbye.